Hello and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there listening to us know everything there is to know about why you should be watching women's basketball or why we hate the Dodgers. Today Today is October 16th. I'm Rebecca, and I am your Dean of Hockey. I am joined by... <laughs> I'm joined by uh, Rachel in the white room. Hey, With yes, dark glasses. Uh, thank you for getting that, Rebecca. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, I was just thinking that the walls are more like eggshell. But yeah, oh, I'm your, your easily distracted <laughs> baseball guru. Blame Zoom on the color difference. (laughs) And I'm Nancy. I'm your basketball enthusiast. Awesome. So Uh, I'd also like to point out, since it is October 16th, that it is uh, a Falpuck holiday because it is Sue Bird's birthday. So, oh, congratulations. Happy birthday, Sue Bird. Happy birthday, Sue Bird. If you listen to this, you can when you listen to this podcast at gmail.com we're also on twitter at <laughs> well that's a lie we're at twitter at foul Pug pod it's fine anyway um as you may have gathered uh today we have a lot of feelings to talk about so many <laughs> some are quite positive mm-hmm. and some are some are rather negative uh i don't uh, I'm actually I'm gonna go ahead and start us off with Rachel so that Nancy can bring us back up on the upswing and we end on and a balance high us out. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's that's a good plan. I like that, Rebecca. That's yeah. why we put you in charge of this particular episode. Is it really? <laughs> At least in part. Okay. <laughs> so Rachel, I under I understand that there's some baseball happening right now. You know, it depends on who you ask. Uh, a lot that's of fair. us feel like the season's over. We'll see everybody next year in spring training. Yep. Um, but the rumors persist that there is still some baseball going on. Lies and uh, slander. <laughs> Sounds fake, but okay. You know, I thought maybe I was the only one feeling this way, and then I woke up and Yahoo Sports had an article uh, entitled, Who to Root For When uh, You Hate All the Teams That Are Still Left in the Postseason. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so I'm not the only one. Um, so I've seen, I've seen quite a bit of that sentiment on my Twitter timeline. Yeah, so the postseason was the uh, top 10 teams in baseball, uh, four in either league, and uh, got narrowed down from the wild card game, uh, the the single game, to top four in each league, and then the uh, division series, which we had. So now we are down to top four teams total, top two in each league, and unfortunately... Uh, okay, so let's go through all the matchups. The Red Sox beat the Rays, which made me very sad. Mm. Um, the Astros beat the White Sox, which made me barf. Yep. Um, the uh, Atlanta I mean, beat... It's not, that... it's not that we would be rooting for the White Sox, but we're just rooting against the Astros. Yeah, and I was I was prepared well, the for the White Sox with Hendricks. Hendricks. Yeah. yeah. Our okay. favorite um, pitcher. Yes. Okay. okay. And uh, Milwaukee beat Atlanta. I didn't watch any of that, but I know some people who are Milwaukee fans who are very sad. No, no so wait, Atlanta, Atlanta beat, beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, I just, I'm living in a fantasy world where the opposite right. is true. Um, <laughs> and then perhaps worst of all, mm-hmm. the uh, Dodgers beat 
quote unquote the Giants mm-hmm. in Uh-oh. five games. Um, I mean, it was they were they are well matched teams this year. They were all exciting games. I didn't watch all of all of them. But the really frustrating thing was that the uh, last game came down to bottom of the ninth, Dodgers up by one run, and uh, the uh, the batter was called out. His third strike was called out as a swinging strike, but he checked his swing, which means he didn't go all the way around. Mm-hmm. And because what's those... what's the rule? It's like it can't cross your body. Is the idea well, like it, the plane it, of your body? There are a number of. Uh, interpretation yeah okay it's, a judgment it's really call, up basically. to umpire discretion you'll have you hear people say hear people say you know they're both their hands can't come around the bat you'll mm-hmm. hear like the 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 plane of the bat can't break the the first baseline or it can't mm-hmm. you know the head of the bat can't come around by any of those standards it was a checked swing which means he didn't yeah. actually swing and it should yeah. not have been called a strike very clearly yes like this Um, was not a oh well you could maybe no 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 yeah and like even the dodgers didn't start celebrating right that second because Mm -hmm. they were all kind of like what okay i guess i guess god okay we won i guess (laughs) when when playoff games especially Mm -hmm. are won or lost by bad refing umping Mm -hmm. it's the most frustrating thing in the world and if i'm being generous i would say that you know, it was bottom of the night, two outs, two strikes. That one extra strike may not have made a difference. On the other hand, the next pitch could have been a home run. You know, right. that, that, that happens in baseball mm-hmm. games. It does. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually not to your team, to the other team. <laughs> but it does happen. So it was just a really frustrating way for the Giants to end their season. Um, and they've, they've had such a good season. And I was rooting for them. And rooting against the Dodgers. And anyway, so now we are left with well, that. And, and the thing that was super wild about it, at least to me as a non-baseball fan, was that they couldn't review it. Like there no, was no way to overturn that yes. call. It uh, was just, that was it, the end. We're some done. plays are reviewable, some plays are not. And right. yeah. that's one of them that's not. And, you know, I understand it because balls, ball and strike calls are not reviewable. And I get that because it would be a huge pain in the ass if they could challenge you know, even right. if they've only got right. one or two challenges, if they could challenge ball and strike calls. And it, it, I do think it is fairly rare that games turn on, sure. um, you know, things that the umpires have quite a bit of latitude on. Um, it, and it didn't help that there were the, what, the second to last uh, Red Sox Rays game turned on a play that was, it actually didn't have umpire discretion on that one. That one was in the rule book, but it was a shitty rule oh. um, where the ball bounced. So, okay. If the ball bounces off any part of an outfielder and goes out of play, uh, it is it doesn't hit the ground. It just bounces off. Let's say the poor outfielder's glove bounces off their glove and then goes out of play, out of bounds. It's a mm. home run. However, this ball. Oh, like even if it like touches and they get it and they can make a play, it's yes. considered a home run. If it goes out of like if it bounces off, you'll see right. their heads, their gloves. It's you don't want to be that outfielder. Oh let god, me tell no. you. Oh my god. That's um, that's me. Does... That's the outfielder I would be. Yeah, like I would say like once or twice a season in the major leagues you see that happen where some poor schmo goes to try to catch it and it it might not have been a home run but it bounces off their body and then it is. Right. Um this ball hit the back wall, bounced off the ground, hit the outfielder's chest and then went out of bounds. That doesn't count. Well, what it is when that happens, it's what's called a ground rule double. 
So if the ball it it doesn't go it doesn't go out of the park if it bounces within the park, but for some reason it's unplayable. Like uh, Wrigley Field, you see this a lot because they've got that damn ivy wall that's a, a chain chain link fence with a bunch of ivy running through it. Very possible for a ball to get wedged in the chain link fence and not right. be able to get pulled out. That's what's called a ground rule double. The batter goes, you know, uh, goes to second, and then any base runners can only advance two bases. Right. So the Rays had a runner on first. Well, if that ball had bounced off of Hunter Renfro, the outfielder's chest, and then he picked it up and thrown it in, the runner probably would have had time to go all the way from first to home. But because it was a ground rule double, the runner had to stop at third. So the Rays were essentially robbed of a run. Oh, I got um, you. And that, they, I guess they were technically following the rule book, but a lot of people were mad and saying that they should have had umpire's discretion, especially because the runner on first had actually started to try to steal second before the batter even hit the ball. So it could be argued that the runner should have had second base anyway and thus mm-hmm. should have been allowed to come home. Mm-hmm. So you have two big uh, plays, play calls that kind of decided the end of, of games. Um, again, that was the second to last game between the Red Sox and the Rays, but it was still frustrating. Yeah, Rebecca. Um, do we think that rule about the like bouncing off somebody and then traveling has anything to do with the fact that the outfields are all different sizes? Like, is that a way to try to normalize this the amount of field? <laughs> um, I don't know if it's so much about that as just like it seems like it involves too much thought for the MLB. Yeah. Honestly, a what are you gonna do? Be, I guess I guess because they did review the play, like they sent it to New York, and I guess the the thought was whether it was intentional that he like because I guess you can't you know take your glove and like smack a ball that's bounced off the ground and smack it out of bounds and then you know save a run that way. It was obviously not intentional. It just bounced off the guy's chest, but it it just seems remarkably unfair. You know, I've just come up with an idea because in <laughs> hockey, when they when they review a play, it goes to Toronto. I think the NHL should review the MLB's reviewable plays and vice versa. (laughs) Because sometimes that stuff doesn't come down to a rule. It comes down to like, what the fuck is obvious about what just happened? Yeah. That would be an interesting uh, thought experiment. Mm -hmm. Especially if like all they have is the rule book and Mm -hmm. you just have to be like, okay, that's a matter of interpretation. Here's how, you know what seems fair to us yeah so i don't know or even if they don't have the rule book it's just are you are you kidding me that was stupid we're not doing oh, that. okay <laughs> that's that's fine too i mean I'm, it's I'm mlb in the nhl like how much how much worse could it get if they were <laughs> policing each other's sports anyway so i mean more baseball than i wish turns on you know bizarre plays things you've never seen before I mean, you know, sometimes that's kind of the fun of it. But if it's, you know, a bad break that goes against your team, then that's what it is. Anyway, so now we're down to in the National League, Dodgers and Atlanta and in the American League, Boston and fucking Houston. Um, I just blanked the Astros out of my mind for a moment there. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, that's what we're left with. Um, so what is it we're officially rooting for? The sinkhole under the field? Is that? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Because like, mm-hmm. there's not, I mean, Atlanta is the least objectionable of those four teams. Right, right. Me. And my favorite part of this is that the least Except objectionable the of the four teams is the one with the racist mask. The virulent racism. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, yeah. <laughs> 
when I say the least objectionable, right, right, right. Like that's a horrible. It sounds like a horrible thing to say. Um, and I can't even watch the games that happen at their home stadium because that stupid chant. I can't. I can't stand it. Can't do it. Have to have it on. Did they do like the tomahawk thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so bad. Yeah, but like, all the teams have domestic abusers on them. All the teams have engaged in shady dealings. Atlanta, least of all. So that's kind of where my mind is there. Um, they got a lot of young, exciting players and fewer awful players so morally awful players i mean but anyway so after after uh the dodgers beat the cardinals which that was uh that i really wanted the cardinals to beat them so that was the wild card game so in case you've been living under a rock because i feel like anyone who pays any attention to sports has had this beaten into their head um both the giants and the dodgers had phenomenal seasons this year Mm -hmm. they both uh Mm -hmm. won over 100 games which is uh, a a marker of very, very high play. Um, however, the Giants won 107 and the Dodgers won 106. And they are both in the same division of the same league, the National League oh. West, which mm-hmm. means that only one of them is guaranteed a spot in the playoffs because mm-hmm. of that. The second place team, even though they have a better record than anybody else in the league and maybe anybody else in the American League too, I think, mm-hmm. um, they have to play the wild card game. Uh, so it all, their whole season comes down to a single game against whoever has the second best record, but doesn't win their division. Mm-hmm. And that was the Cardinals who <laughs> pulled an opposite of the A's and got super duper hot there at the end of the season and won an insane amount of games and like 17 games in a row and oh shot God. from like middle of their division all the way up to the, the wild card spot. And they almost beat the Dodgers. Oh, it was a wonderful <laughs> game. They played really, really well. Um, I mean, if you're going to get hot in the season, that's the time to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody was saying. Like, I guess they've got something figured out, you know. Um, Meanwhile, the A's were slowly driving off a cliff. Uh, Anyway, so after that game, I was really frustrated and trying to, like, articulate why I was frustrated Um, in the shower, which is where I do all of my major thinking. Sure. (laughs) And, um came up with an extended tortured metaphor to explain why I hate the Dodgers. Okay. Lay it on us. You ready for this? Yes. yes. Okay, right. let's say uh-huh. you're a hardworking American uh-huh. with no general, generational wealth and a modest amount of debt, and you need to buy a car. Let's this say. sounds very okay. familiar. So you work hard, and you mm. scrimp, and you save, and you end up putting away $30,000. Good job. But Somehow your bosses find out about it and they say, LOL, no, we're going to take 90% of that for ourselves and the shareholders, but you're welcome to find the best darn car you can buy for 3000 bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that sucks, but you get online, you do a lot of looking, and eventually you manage to find a 1988 Toyota Corolla for exactly $3,000. <laughs> Woohoo! It doesn't look great. It doesn't smell great, and there's a persistent knocking sound coming from under the hood. But you put a little of your own work into fixing it up, and by golly, most of the time, it gets you where you need to go. Damn straight. Most of the time. You're proud of your little car. Meanwhile, though, your neighbor, let's call him Chad, is a trust fund baby who lists his occupation as influencer, and he also wants to buy a car. We do live in the Bay Area, yep. (laughs) He's got his heart set on a Maserati. Which mm-hmm. you can easily afford, right? Mm-hmm. But you've done your research into your dream car, and it turns out the particular model he wants has some genuine problems with it, right? Mm-hmm. The transmission sticks and the electrical system is a little wonky, but Chad doesn't care, right? He wants mm-hmm. that Maserati. Right. 
But almost as soon as he as soon as he brings it home, your entire neighborhood finds out that the Maserati is actually a violent rapist. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> right. When you confront him about it, Chad puts on a good show about having no idea and assuring you, oh, he'll never drive it. But instead of getting rid of it, he just parks it in the garage and keeps polishing it on the down low. Mm -hmm. But Chad still needs something to drive, right? So he just mm. goes out and he buys himself a Lamborghini, which he can also afford. So great. You both have cars now. Mm -hmm. Now, if your entire neighborhood gets together and decides to race their cars, how are you going to feel if Chad and the Lamborghini win? So even though he's never done anything to you personally, mm -hmm. I'm going to guess probably not surprised, but not thrilled either. Mm -hmm. So like, even if you know you're not going to win, uh, how would you feel if your other neighbor with the brand new souped up Honda Civic wins? I mean, you still don't win, but at least mm -hmm. Chad loses, right? Yep. And so does his friend, yep, Chad. Brad, who proudly drives around in a Bugatti <laughs> that sometimes beats up its wife. Yeah, no, and remember, Brad, Chad, get out of here. Remember, Chad still has a violent rapist, allegedly, allegedly, in his garage, pretending like it's not there. Okay, so in case I haven't tortured you enough, in this metaphor, you are the A's fans, your bosses are the A's ownership, John J. Fisher and Dave Cavill, the Corona, Ooh. the Corolla is the A's players, Chad is the Dodgers, the Lamborghini is former Nath pitcher Matt Scherzer, the violent rapist, allegedly, is of course Trevor Bauer, and Honda Civic is a St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, also, the other asshole, Brad, is the Yankees and the Bugattis, or oldest Chapman. Anyway. Wait, so I'm, that's I'm why sorry. I hit the I have to time out really quick. Which one was the is the alleged violent rapist? Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Okay. The we way you phrased it just then, it may, I thought you were saying Max Scherzer was, and I was like, oh. I was going to have to back us up and talk about that, because I didn't know that. And no, he's no, a no, former no. national player. Yes, okay. he is. And he's, he's an excellent pitcher, and the fact that they picked him up after the Trevor Bauer stuff, it was, it may have saved their season for them. Um, but he was an incredibly expensive get and they could just afford to go out and pick him up. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that so, was the best analogy metaphor I have ever heard in my life. That was amazing. Well, good. Cause it made sense to me in the shower, but afterwards, you know, <laughs> who knows? Do you have those shower like crayons that you can write on the tile walls with? No, but I should get some. You should. So I don't really forget should. things. That's a good idea. You really should. Okay, so that's where we're at in baseball right now. So the season's over. Yeah, season's over. It's time to... 2021. We'll see yep. you next year. Yep. It's time to think about what we've accomplished this year, uh, what we haven't accomplished, and how we can do better, <laughs> how we can acquire different players and maybe trim the... Trim some off, especially uh, if they're, you know, felons. It is time to watch what is potentially the final game of the WNBA finals because yes. fuck men's sports. <laughs> yes. Yep. I mean, if you want to take it away and use this as your segue, Nancy, <laughs> go for it. Well, I don't know. If just You stuff. just hop in that Maserati and you go to those WNBA finals. <laughs> I'm going to drive straight there. <laughs> Actually, before you do, I want to know how much you looked up about the Maserati to, to like accurately do this analogy. Was there anything accurate in that analogy? Well, I don't know. 
Ah. Uh, I didn't know if you like you like looked up a model year of the Maserati because I know you, Rachel, and I know like it's important <laughs> to get little details right. So I didn't know if yes, you actually like see. consumer reports a Maserati to see the nineteen. 19- okay, yeah, yeah. I think that the thing about the transmission sticking was like the only problem I could find with Maseratis and the electrical system thing is something my car is doing so nice I love it I love it a little bit of research a little bit pulled from real experiences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's perfect it's perfect I mean never let How the facts a, get in the way of a good story convincing narrative mm-hmm. oh thank you mm-hmm. that's that's uh artistic license is what it is yeah so, but I mean, let's do it, Nancy. On the plus side. Yes, bring us I back mean, up, please. I'll I, I have, I admit I have not watched any of the WNBA games because the hockey season just started and because work can go suck an egg. But uh, everything that I've seen about the WNBA postseason has been exciting and uh, like people are going out of their minds about it. Yeah. So tell yeah. us about it. That's an accurate summation. Um it's the first year I've really watched basically all of the WNBA finals. Um, so I, I mean, I have, we're, we're going to go through, we're going to, we're going to talk about the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I, I will say if you can find replays of the games, they are worth watching okay. because especially some of them have been so good and so tight and just record breaking by multiple mm-hmm. players across the board. Like it's, it's been bonkers. Um, way more exciting than the past few years of NBA playoffs, frankly. <laughs> um, so it's really, it's really been good. So, you know, I know, so we're on, as of October 16th, we had game three of the finals uh, last night uh chicago sky is up on the phoenix mercury two to one so we have the next game game four on sunday which uh because the wnba finals are best three out of five means chicago could win it all tomorrow okay Okay. Um, so i would really recommend watching that um i think i want to say it starts at 6 p.m pacific but i don't know if that's true i'll look it up um but but so good. You keep so talking. Good. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, right. Rebecca, Google. So uh, the WNBA finals, um, there has been a lot, just just a lot, um, few controversies, a few really cool things, uh, and a whole bunch of unpredictable stuff. So starting at the top, the WNBA, uh, as we've talked about before, has uh, an abbreviated season that runs over the summer. Um, The NBA typically plays 82 games. The WNBA typically plays more like 33 to 36 games, um, partially so that uh, the women can go and play in other countries during their Mm -hmm. off-season where they get paid a fuck-ton more. Um, Um, And they won't have to soon, but we'll get to that at the end. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, mm. Uh, I have feelings about that. And also so that uh, so that they make room on TV for, you know, all the men's winter sports, football and basketball and hockey. So mm-hmm. 
Part of what this means is that the WNBA finals often butt up against preseason in the beginning of the season of mm-hmm. NBA and NHL um, and also are competing with uh, with the NFL. Um, and, and yeah, October is pretty crammed. You got the baseball postseason. You yeah. Got yeah. It's not great. Which thankfully the baseball postseason is over so we can focus on the yeah i mean this this year works out great but sometimes it does go until the end of october sure well and and you also have uh the national women's soccer league Mm -hmm. end of Mm -hmm. season is is like next week or something like that it's it's right after um the wnba so it's it's the timing of it is challenging um and somewhat as a result of that they do, as opposed to the NBA and the NHL, which do four rounds of up to seven games each, mm-hmm. the WNBA, the first two rounds are single elimination games, mm-hmm. which I find to be atrocious. Yes, I agree. Uh, and it's one of the things uh, that they are kind of sort of maybe talking about changing. I sure hope they do, because I think it is just... Just to have to have your first two full rounds of your playoffs be do or die games. I I don't like it. Um, yeah, I mean, baseball fans already complain that the wild card game is hey, only a single game, and then there's still you know a full round of five and two rounds of seven after that. Exactly. So, so super not into it. Um, I have seen some people defend it as like, well, it's really more exciting that way. Bullshit. A series is exciting, you know. Uh, yes, a series is exciting. A series is exciting. And it gives you time to like, if they're not, you know, if your team doesn't make it to the playoff, it gives you time to decide what team you want to root for and decide which team you want to watch and which team's, you know, going to go really well. Um, the second two rounds are best three out of five, which I was, I went into this season thinking like, well, I hate that they're single elimination games. I think it's unfair that they do three out of five. What I ended up deciding is that actually the men's games should also be three out of five because four rounds of seven is too fucking long. So totally wow, agree with you. four rounds of seven. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, totally yeah exactly. Hockey, hockey as well. We do yeah. not need to be playing hockey, no. ice hockey in July. Yeah, Stop. exactly. <laughs> so uh, uh, my new proposal is that all, all professional sports should have playoffs that are four rounds of best three out of five. The end. <laughs> I can see the last uh, the last round being out of seven, if you Live really want to draw it out. But I don't think yeah. it needs to be. Yeah, I, I, we could compromise on that. That would be fine. But but three out of five is is a good number. If you have a sweep, it's short. You put them out of their misery pretty quickly. A sweep of four is like by the time you get to the end of that, you're sort of feeling bad. You Stop, know, he's already dead. exactly. No, you're not. You know, no, you're not. You're not feeling bad <laughs> if your team is the one. Getting the four, you're if not it's a massacre bad. by the fourth game, nope. I am definitely like, Ugh. nope. But that's fairly rare, though, right? It is not in the NBA. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's not common, but I wouldn't call it rare necessarily. Um, but there's, I, I think the what they like to call the gentleman's sweep, the f- five. <laughs> yeah, right. four and one. Pretty common. Yeah, yeah. four and one is pretty common. Anyway, so the WNBA semifinals and finals are best three out of five. Um, so we're currently about to play game four of the actual finals round. So uh, and going for the record, game four is indeed at uh, Sunday, the 17th, 3 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. No, no. No. Nope. 3 p.m. Oh, Eastern is noon here. Yep. 3 p.m. Eastern, okay. noon Pacific. Okay. Awesome. Good to know. Uh, Time is so- hard. 
huh? Yeah. Time so is hard. 10 out of 10, do recommend watching it. It'll be to a sold out crowd at a home, Chicago Sky's home arena. They're up. It should be an amazing game to watch. Phoenix is going to come ready to avenge themselves because we'll get to this, but they got blown out of the fucking water in game three. So, uh, I mean, just like run out of town. <laughs> so, so, so tomorrow's game should be exciting. They're going to have something to prove. They are going to, they're going to come with desperation. Yeah. Um, so going into this, backing up a couple weeks, uh, we started off with uh, the, the rankings as followed. Uh, the Sun, Connecticut Sun, were number one. The Las Vegas Aces, who've been at the top of things for a couple years now, were number two. Minnesota Lynx uh, were number three. The Seattle Storm, who, as we may recall, won the uh, Commissioner's Cup a, a month, two months ago, were in fourth, um, actually. The Phoenix Mercury were in fifth, the Chicago Sky in sixth, and then the Liberty, the New York Liberty and the Dallas Wings were rounded out our, our top eight. So that's where we were. Now, the uh, WNBA changed their playoff format in, I want to say, 2017. And since then, they changed to a format, and I didn't do the research to look at everything that they changed. But the way that it has shaken out since then is that it has tended to favor the very top seeds. And so in the last five years, there is only one time other than this year that the games weren't between the first and second seed. Oh, wow. So in 2017, first and second seed. 2019, first and second seed. 2020, first mm -hmm. and second seed. 2018 was the first and third seed. So shaking it up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> this year, we have the fourth going up against the sixth seed. That's which exciting. Is, yeah, so that's been fun. Uh, it was, And I was looking at, uh, I should caveat that, most of the research that I actually did. So I've been following this. So I've seen a lot of, um, I've seen like a lot of stuff going on Twitter that I've read and I can't credit all of that, but I did go in and reread a bunch of the athletics articles um, for doing my notes for this. So credit to the athletic um, mm -hmm. Chantel Jennings in particular, there's a couple other writers as well. Um, so, so, what happened? Um, Connecticut and Vegas were our top two seeds, both very good teams. Mm -hmm. Connecticut Sun uh, had the, the league MVP, Jonquel Jones, uh, who is a Bahamian, which is cool. Uh, she is the first, I believe, Bahamian MVP in any professional sport. So that's oh, fun. Oh, wow. Oh, neat. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, she was very happy about it. It was very fun. Um, so first of all, the Storm, who are my usual team, got eliminated. Uh, it was tight. It was. Uh, it went to overtime. The Phoenix Mercury pushed them out. Uh, they were just kind of too tired. They had a lot of people go to the Olympics. They had won the Commissioner's Cup. Uh, Brianna Stewart, uh, who's one of their top players, was injured. Um, so the main storyline there is that it may have been Sue Bird's last year. Uh, as as we know, uh, she's I think turn uh, turning for I don't remember if she's turning forty or turning forty one today. Um, but but you that's know. like ancient in sports years, right? I mean, <laughs> look for her to use a walker yeah. any minute now. Um, 
so she can borrow mine <laughs> yeah right i know uh so she's been uh she, what she has said is this is the first year that i will have to really think about it in the off season every other year it's basically been a no-brainer yes i'll come back this year i want to to wait until the emotion of the final uh, you know of the end mm-hmm. of the season has faded take some time really think about it mm-hmm. we'll see do you think she played in the Olympics, didn't she? She did. Do you think that's that's affected at all by the fact that she's been playing, like, nonstop for ages? I mean, I, I, I feel like it's, since I'm not a peak athlete, I really can't know, you know? Like, she's been playing and playing You're and not? playing and playing. No. <laughs> Shocking, I know. But, uh, wow. The things little, you think little you know about a person. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I don't feel like I can evaluate what sure. goes into that, you know. Um, I mean, I will say some of the, like, the uh, Athletes Unlimited softball players mm-hmm. are retiring after this year, specifically the ones that were on the um, Olympic teams mm-hmm. who are like, okay, yeah, I'll, and I'll finish out with this thing and then mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, it it certainly mm-hmm. could be. She and Diana Taurasi, as you may remember from our, our Olympics wrap-up pod, are the only basketball players in history to have won five Olympic gold medals. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> Where do you even put them at that point? I, Sue Bird, I think, must have a, a, a shed, a metal shed, <laughs> much like the Williams sisters, you know, just mm-hmm. devote an, an entire room or wing of your house to all of your trophies. Um so the storm, I think they were just too tired. Having Stewie injured and not playing was was too much. Um, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi swapped jerseys after the game. It was very sweet. You know, Aww. they're they're very good friends. They have been very good friends for a long time. Diana Taurasi, thirty nine. You know, just right there with Sue Bird. She does mm-hmm. have another year on her contract, so she will be. Um, playing at least one more year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crowd was chanting one more year, one more year. Diana oh, Taurasi okay. apparently joined in. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. It's so cute. I'm really hoping that like, uh, that they play together one more year and then retire together. Like, yeah, uh, I, there would be something very perfect about that, which I'm sure is not wasted on Sue Bird either. Um, yeah. By the way, she turned 41 today. Did she? Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the storm were eliminated, uh, and Chicago knocked out the Lynx, uh, very abruptly, uh, which was not expected. The Lynx were the third seed. They were expected to eliminate Chicago. The sun and the aces had, you know, because of how they do the, the sudden death elimination, the sun and the aces, I think didn't have to play. I got confused looking at the chart, um, but like the the Liberty and I remember who played who. You should look this up for me because <laughs> I, I didn't watch the first. I didn't watch the single elimination games. I started watching when the semifinals hit. Um, so I got a little confused on who was playing who early on. Other than that, I know the Mercury knocked out the Storm. Um, I did catch. I think it was the Sky knocked out the Liberty um, after they knocked out the Lynx. Because I did see the Liberty play, so that must have been Yeah, true. I watched some of that. Yeah. That game that went into, what, double overtime? Uh, the Liberty beat the Mystics. The, the Mystics? But that, oh, that wasn't playoffs. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, no, the, the, Liberty, the Liber- Liberty were eliminated in the first round by the Mercury. Okay, so the Mercury beat the Liberty, and then they beat the Storm. Yes. And the Sky must have beat the Wings. Beat and the Wings. Beat the Lynx. 
Yes. Okay, must have been the Liberty and Mercury game. That yeah, I, saw. I think I think so. Um, and then the Sun and the Aces took you know took that time off because the first and second seed don't have to play in the first two rounds. Um, so then we had. Uh, so then I started watching and. I watched Vegas versus Phoenix, which was really interesting. So generally, I stand by my fuck Vegas team's policy. Um, But I will say the Aces Mm -hmm. make me think real hard about it um, because they have some really good players. um, And and it's very fun to watch them. So Phoenix, I also like a lot. Um, They also have some players I like a lot. but let's let's start with the aces. So the aces have Liz Cambage, who is six eight. She's Australian. She's so funny. She shows up. She's she's the WNBA is so funny in a lot of ways because you have everything from like women who look like they you know rolled off the couch to show up and play basketball versus women who show up like they're walking a catwalk. <laughs> you know, I mean, you get a certain amount of this in the mm-hmm. NBA too, but it's like it's even more extreme. You have you know women playing in false eyelashes versus you know women who look like oh, maybe they showered two days ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I and I say that with love. I don't mean that as a diss. You know, just to illustrate. Oh sure. The, no, the on that spectrum, I am so much closer exactly. to the two days ago Same. than I am to the false yeah. eyelashes. Yeah, exactly. so. Same, but. But I love seeing the contrast, right? That like they're all in there and they're all, you know, incredible athletes playing together. So Liz Cambage is on the fashion walk end of of the of things. There's a terrific photo of her showing up to one of the games. She's six eight wearing, I mean, at least foot tall booted heels. So I mean spike <laughs> heels too, not like platform shoes. Like stilettos. Yeah. Wow. So uh, points for style for Liz Cambage always. She has been recovering from COVID, um, Mm. which one of the things they talked about a lot with the Aces, she's obviously their center. She's tall. Um, She was really struggling to to get her stamina back. And so they couldn't keep her on the floor all the time. And when she was on the floor, you could tell she was just kind of slower than usual. That sucks. it does suck. Um, so that was a problem for them. They also have Kelsey Plum, who I really enjoy. Uh, she went to the Olympics. So the, the Olympics this year had three-on-three uh, three basketball as a, as a new sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was one of the members of the three-on-three three basketball team that won a gold medal. She's a lot of fun. She was also named the sixth woman of the year. Uh, and one of the things that I really Wait, admire... I'm sorry, the- the what woman of the year? Sixth woman of the year. So this is a thing in basketball where okay. you have your starting five, right? You always have your starting five. And then you have people who come in from the bench. And basketball teams, a lot of them will have what they sort of consider the sixth man or the sixth woman. So on the Warriors, Andrea Godala was the sixth man. And okay. they're like your best bench person. And a really good sixth man or sixth woman is somebody who you really trust to like take over the game from whoever your okay. best starter is, right? So they can be a really okay. important piece, but they often don't. Yeah, it's like how every uh, golf course has a bar called the 19th hole. I have no <laughs> idea what that means. Because there are 18 holes. I don't know golf. So there are 18 you holes. Go to the 19th. Okay. Sorry. I've literally never been on a golf course in my life. <laughs> um, wait, I saw I saw a great, wait, I saw a great meme today. <laughs> Uh, somebody said thinking about how men invented golf because they're too scared to ask each other to go on walks. Oh, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> nice. I mean, 
I mean, it's yeah. it Sorry, was invented by the Scots, though, wasn't it? And they're not exactly known for being shy. But yeah, but they're also not really known for being in touch with their emotions. So oh, I think they're very in touch with their emotions. It's well, just anger, mostly yeah, rage. But... <laughs> anyway, uh, Kelsey Plum. <laughs> Kelsey Plum. So, so one of the things I really like about her is that you know, as as the sixth woman, she really takes it very seriously that she comes in and provides energy on the floor. Right, the starters go off, and she comes in, and she is ready to go. And she is going to take on your bench, and she is going to show them how it's done. Um, and they kept the commentators kept talking about like how what great shape she's in this year going to the Olympics coming back she didn't look tired at all she was doing great and one of them told this story that I found hilarious which was that apparently Kelsey Plum in the off season saw Sue Bird in a bikini and said you're 40 and you look like that (laughs) and then contacted Sue Bird's trainer and said I want to look like that so, oh my god! <laughs> actually, hired Subert's trainer to give her a workout plan and got herself into the best shape of her life. Wow! And then became sixth woman of the year. Wow! So, <laughs> so I just found that so funny because Kelsey Plum's like thirty-ish, mm, you know, whatever. But I just, you know, the idea—it tickled me. Uh, mm-hmm. The other, like per- it. yeah, is a good story. The other person on the Aces who was really making a difference is a woman named Alyssa Thomas, who I'd never heard of before. But she was so interesting because she was just one of those people who you can tell puts everything on the line, is very much a passion player, you know, like a smart player, Mm -hmm. sure, but does not go in thinking strategy, goes in to just put it all out there and drag Mm -hmm. you down and do everything she can to win the game. And she really just about got Phoenix a few different times. So Vegas versus Phoenix went all five games. Um, It was very uneven, which was interesting. Um, The Phoenix, Phoenix won, I want to say game one by a lot. And then game two was real close Game three, I think Phoenix won again. Game four, the Aces won on a 24 to nothing run. Oh, and damn. <laughs> forced a game five. And game five, uh, I believe Diana Taurasi won by like a single shot. I can't remember if it was in overtime or if it was to prevent it from going to overtime. But like, that was a good fucking series to watch. It was really something. And one of the things that was... Uh, really fun too was Brittany Griner. So Phoenix has their big three are Diana Taurasi, who we're going to talk about in a second, Brittany Griner and Skylar Diggins Smith. Brittany Griner, I think is amazing. She's a really interesting person. She's six, nine. Um, and she and Liz Cambage are like opposite ends of that fashionista, um, couch sitter, uh aesthetic Max Anista. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so mm-hmm. Brittany Griner covered in tattoos, you know, very wears dreadlocks. Like I I realize that I it sounds like I'm saying that's grungy. I'm not. I also have tattoos, you know, but just just again, the aesthetic, the false eyelashes versus like no makeup versus right. you know, like I'm not implying any any right. judgment right. here. <laughs> but uh the two of them playing off each other was hilarious. They clearly enjoy going head to head and they clearly just, you know, 
were really having a good time challenging each other and and you know playing for their teams and really the only thing was that Liz Cambage was was clearly not up to snuff which sucks um I I really genuinely love when you can watch a game or a series yes and see the players genuinely having fun right exactly I completely agree and you can tell it's Mm -hmm. obvious when they are Mm -hmm. it is it is and they were like teasing each other on the court you know Mm -hmm. it was really great so terrific series still can't root for the aces but golly they've got some good players (laughs) and if you can find replays of that series the the phoenix versus the aces semifinals is a good series to watch so diana tarasi on the phoenix mercury she is similarly to sue bird has won just about every award there is to win uh is 39 years old she and sue bird played together in college i believe um she's a three-time she's a she's a champion she's also a two-time mvp i think i had a note here and now i'm not seeing it anyway diana fucking tarasi amazing um she has been playing through injuries so she's got a sprained ankle she's also apparently it turns out they announced this a few days ago, got a broken bone in her foot. She's had nights where she played really, really well, uh, including uh, one night where in 27 minutes of play, she dropped 37 points. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, 37 points in 27 minutes. She hit eight out of 11 three-pointers and all eight free throws which shattered the record for uh, (laughs) playoff points by players over 30. The record was, I think, 31 points shot by a 34-year-old. She did 37 at 39. (laughs) So, but the... And now I want to see her and Steph Curry play horse. I know. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. so one of the fun things has been that that the Mercury and the Suns are apparently really good buddies. Um, and Chris Paul, who is the the Mercury's or not, is the Suns sort of top player. And Diana Taurasi are apparently also buddies. And so there are a lot of photos of them like uh, hanging out and, you know, talking basketball and stuff, which I love. Um, That's cute. Yeah, it is. It's very cute. So Diana Taurasi is amazing. She is playing with a couple injuries. She's been inconsistent throughout the playoffs. When she is on, she is on. And there is very little you can do to stop her. But there have been a few nights, including last night, when she's just not not, not hitting. Yeah. So that's that's been hard. Uh, part of what has been going on is that... Uh, her wife, Penny Taylor, who is herself a former WNBA player, was pregnant and due any minute. And in fact, uh, Diana Taurasi played uh, in the Game 5 versus the Vegas Aces. This was in Vegas. Uh, the tip-off was at 6.02 p.m. There was a very helpful little timeline, which I did tweet, <laughs> which was released by, uh, by the Mercury. So 6.02, game five tip-off. 7.31, uh, Diana Taurasi starts to go off because needs to end this game. 7.55, 
uh, there's a block, the buzzer sounds, the Phoenix Mercury wrap up uh, the, the game, and they are going to the finals. Mm-hmm. 8.40 p.m., she's in a car to the airport. 9.30 p.m., the plane departs for Phoenix. She lands uh, in Phoenix at 10.13 p.m., uh, makes it to the hospital, I believe they said, by 11. Uh, and then at 4.24 a.m., her wife gave birth to their second child. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the memes, <laughs> uh, the best one I saw was uh, Penny Taylor, her wife, uh, always delivers in the finals. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah, but the best part is that they did a, a post game, you know, because she was she went off and and helped the the Mercury win this game mm-hmm. five, which was very tight, a uh, very competitive game. And they they grab her at the end to do a post game interview, and she answers the questions and she ends by saying, "Hold it in, babe, I'm coming." Oh, which <laughs> everybody online at the time went, "Wait." <laughs> <laughs> is she serious yes yes it turns out she was oh my god <laughs> right oh so, my god so we don't actually know when she found out that penny taylor was in labor <laughs> but you have to wonder if you they do. told her in like the third quarter and she was like okay shit we gotta wrap right, this up wrap yeah, exactly. time to go. Come on. i gotta get back <laughs> oh my god yeah so so that i'm still laughing and you I tweeted the the interview, but you, you really should go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's just so funny. Hold it in, babe. I'm coming. <laughs> That's adorable. Right? Yeah, it's great. Uh, they have an older son, Leo, uh, who is very cute, too. Do you know what the new one is named? Isla. Yeah. Baby Isla. Uh, I it's cute. So other Phoenix Mercury players Brittany Griner we talked about a little bit one of the things to note with Brittany Griner is that she's one of the very few women to dunk uh in the WNBA uh she in fact dunked in game one with the Chicago Sky of the finals it's the first finals dunk uh in the WNBA history I believe oh wow yep um and there's a whole thing there that I have seen blurbs about but I haven't researched about why the women don't dunk more because certainly some of them are plenty tall enough for it i mean even steph curry will dunk occasionally and he's only six three you know little guy he's a little guy quite a few wmb players bigger than chris than Mm -hmm. steph curry you know Mm -hmm. so so it's not a it's not a height issue at least for a lot of them um so i it's something i would like to look into more i don't really know what the the history is there like machismo braggadocio thing something i'm not sure all i know about it is the ncaa banned it at the uh, in the seventies because the white guys couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's only the black <laughs> players who were dunking. Yes, that's oh, true. God. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. Uh, so that was the, the Phoenix Phoenix, uh, versus the aces. Um, really exciting series. Oh, I said that I was talking about players, other players than Diana and, and Brittany, uh, Brianna Turner is a really interesting one to watch. She works really well with Brittany Griner. She's a smaller player. She comes in and what she does incredibly well is she slips past the defenses, gets under the under the basket, and bounces. So Brittany Griner, who can see over everybody on the floor, um, can get the basketball and throw it 
toward the rim and Brianna Turner will just bounce up, grab it and dunk and you not dunk it, but like get it off the backboard. And she's so quick and so slippery that like that pairing works really, really well. And they used it a lot against the aces where Brittany Griner would get the ball, wait for Brianna Turner to start slipping in place and then toss it over and and Brianna Turner would bounce it right in. Hasn't worked as well against the Chicago sky, but it was great for the aces. Um, Skylar Diggins Smith. Chicago Sky saw that happening and working, and we're like, let's gonna yeah. let's counteract this in some way. I'm sure that's part of it. Also, the Chicago Sky's defense has been just lights out. Um, so that's another mm. piece of it for sure. They have just shut Brit- Brittany Griner down, which is a sure. difficult thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. Skylar Diggins Smith is is the third of the big three uh, for for Phoenix Mercury. She's a very good player. She's she's been a little inconsistent too, which has been a problem for them. Some games she gets really good uh, and starts going off. She ha- but it hasn't been she hasn't been able to do it every game, and especially against the Sky, she's been very frustrated. They've been very good at keeping her out of where she wants to be. Uh, and Sophie Cunningham, who is a bench player but is is very much a firecracker. Uh, in the way that she sort of will come in she's a good three-point shooter uh, and so she'll come in and she's also very aggressive so she'll come in she'll hit a three-point and start you know really going and get a lot of momentum she's really a you know an an ignition player if you're if your team is feeling slow or things are dragging and you can get her to come in and sort of start shit like that can be really useful mm-hmm. um so one of the things that came up during the Phoenix uh, Vegas series was the problem of the WNBA playoffs and whether or not they can be hosted at their own arenas. So for men's playoffs, the teams just book on the calendar their home venues on the chance that mm-hmm. they might be in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because and it's then a, they alternate, right? And then they alternate, yeah. So two it, two. for two and two, and the, yeah, and and for the men's game since it's seven, it's two and two, and then one one one, yeah. Um, which I think is the same in hockey. Yep. Uh, but you just because you just never know if you're going to make it to the playoffs or not, and if you right. make it to the playoffs, who's going to be seated, which games you're going to have right. at which times, they just always block them all off, right? And then you right. you get to the end of the season and if you're not going to do it you release those dates and maybe your venue can book a concert or something right the women's games because historically they have not been invested in and can't you know don't always mm-hmm. historically draw a big crowd the venues are not willing to hold those dates on the off chance that you might mm-hmm. be in the playoffs and might need them so the phoenix mercury ended up playing two of their semi-finals playoff games at college arenas in the area that were not theirs and they couldn't even get their own floor in place because it didn't fit the college arena floor. So you have your WNBA semifinal playoffs happening on, I think it was like Grand Canyon States basketball court. And it's not even branded for the WNBA, which is, yeah, because there was a concert. Embarrassing is the (laughs) correct word for that. Yeah. But there was a concert that was already booked. So so this was a problem, um, and it, it it released a lot of conversation about it, which I hope will push things forward a little. Um, they were able to get 
They were going to be bumped from their venue, which they share with the Phoenix Suns, the men's team. Uh, the men uh, moved one of their preseason games up so that the Mercury could play on their own floor. Uh, and in fact, what ended up happening is we had the first NBA WNBA doubleheader uh, at that venue. Ooh. Like in in league history, it right. happened at that venue. Um, and I th- wow, so like same day, same yeah, yeah, cool. And I think it happened twice. So uh, f- I kind of like that. I love it. And for the second one, I don't remember if this happened for the first one or not. For the second one the sun had to play first. So they played on the Phoenix Mercury floor because there wasn't going to be time to change it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So we had a, an NBA game now, admittedly preseason, but still an still. NBA game played on a WNBA floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was one of the controversies. Um, why the fuck can't we have our, our, postseason played in their own venues this is ridiculous but one of the really good things that came out of it is the suns have been incredibly supportive of the mercury which you'll love to see it Mm -hmm. um chris paul who is a stand-up guy who i like a lot um and is one of the main suns players bought a former wake forest basketball player in fact uh (laughs) bought 500 tickets to the mercury game um gave them out to fans the fans lined up starting at like 6 a.m to get free tickets he and several of the other Suns players uh after their their preseason or uh pushed back their charter flight to one of their games so that they could stay and watch the mercury play they were courtside every time yeah they were really so i thought that was a really nice touch i mean we've talked about it before that we're starting to see more and more support from the men of the women's game. Um, and, and I feel like the Suns have really demonstrated that more than any of the other teams. So mm-hmm. kudos to them. And and frankly, it's something I'll remember when I'm watching the NBA series yeah, you know, season. It's like, okay, uh, the Warriors are my team, but, but the Suns are maybe going to be my backup, backup. team now because I respect that. Now, again, if I could, if I could counsel you here... Mm. Don't get backup teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't get them as strongly as you do. It's just like, you know. Yeah. It, Nobody wants to have a Rebecca situation. No, no you no, really no, no. don't. Really no, don't. I don't. I definitely don't. Um, so that was one thing. And and points to the Suns players. That's That's been really, really nice. Um, and it was a really funny moment where the first time it happened that all the Suns players showed up and, and it got out, you know, they'd push back their, their flight so they could stay and watch this. Um you know the the courtside reporter went and talked to them at the at halftime and was like you know tell us why you're here tell us we hear you postponed your flights and chris paul you know was giving all this sort of like very nice correct answers about you know we we want to support the women's game diana tarasi is an amazing player so it's Brittany griner you know we want to be here and, and mm-hmm. watch this one of the other guys i think it was jay crowder they get to him and they put the mic and they say and and you know and and why are you here and he looks at them like they're stupid and he says it's playoff basketball. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's the correct answer. That's the answer. Like, <laughs> that's, yes. Yeah, like, like, why wouldn't you be here? Exactly. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's playoff basketball. I'm a basketball player. I want to see this shit. Right, you know? right. So. Well, so you made a comment earlier about um, about viewership. So I wanted mm-hmm. to take a look at numbers. Yes. They're I don't up. Know, I don't know if, you've, if you were going to talk about this. I was, but feel free. 
Oh, um, so one of the things, so on uh, sportsmediawatch.com, I found that um, Tuesday's Sky Mercury finals game averaged 789,000 viewers on ESPN, which was their the league's largest audience, including regular season playoffs or all-star since the 2017 finals. Mm-hmm. And wait a minute, I was looking at something else. So, um, oh, so that game, that game to um, Sky Mercury, mm-hmm. um, did not have competing playoff games. Like the baseball wasn't on that night. Right. Um, that game was second among all sports casts beyond, uh, excuse me, behind the NHL regular season debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we got to note, this was on ESPN two. So like, this right. is not a main channel. Right. Well, yeah, no, that's the thing. It was not main channel mm-hmm. and, it was not up against anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my point is, how much better could it be on a main channel? Like, yes, yes. Yeah. Put that shit Are on any ABC. These games on on network TV? Nope. Oh, not a one. Sucks. Yeah, it does suck. At least the finals should be. You'd think. Else. You'd think. Well, and then the preseason game leading into that um, Sky Mer- Mercury game was preseason. Um, Mavericks Hornets that only had 500,000 people mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. So like this, this concept that women, I know we've, we've talked about this before, but this concept that women's sports don't get views mm-hmm. is just clearly not true. It's just, it's just so clear. Like yeah. if you make it available to watch, people, people will watch, watch it. it. Yeah. In fact, yeah, people no, will th- watch it above other sports things. Yep. Yeah, yeah. the The stat that I had, which I hadn't seen the Tuesday night one, so that's good. Thanks for that. Um, the stat that I had is that WNBA viewership is up forty nine percent from twenty twenty, um, and mm-hmm. up nineteen percent from twenty nineteen, uh, and in fact, no, twenty four percent from twenty nineteen, according to the Athletic. Oh, nice. I'll take wow. it. Cool. Um, yeah, 24 and then 49. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, and the other thing is both the WNBA and the NWSL, unlike men's sports during the pandemic, which took a hit in viewership, actually mm-hmm. increased viewership. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Uh, it's there was a, like there's a market for women's sports. Almost. Yeah, there was a there was a game during the end of the season that was broadcast on ABC and it drew the most viewers of any WNBA game since 2012. Wow. So it's yeah, uh, I it's, guess until Tuesday night's game. <laughs> yeah, until yeah, yeah, that would have been which is amazing. Like, hello, mm-hmm. they keep breaking viewership records. Amazing. Again, like, imagine almost like there's a market for this. Almost. Yeah. So it's something I I really I really hope they do something with it. Um, I'm not sure when they're renegotiating their viewership contracts, but it's definitely, you know, it's a thing that people bring up to the league and the league has basically said, you know, something to the effect of you got to demonstrate a lot of value in order to get these spots. And we're up against, especially for the finals, all of these conflicting, you know, high, high draw things like, 
like NFL games and so on and so forth. And we hope that going forward, you know, we'll be able to negotiate for something better. I was not impressed. It was kind of a lackluster Mm -hmm. response. So Mm -hmm. I really hope that there's a lot of pressure that gets put on them, especially after this year, which has been so record breaking. Well, how do we put pressure on them? I don't know. I mean, talking about it online is one thing because, you know, that sort of merch buying merch um the, you know the players association i think also puts some pressure on them and the more that they can feel the support from the fans for that i mean the two chicago games game three and four of the finals are sold out you know which is mm-hmm. remarkable mm-hmm. um so that's and sold out days in advance not mm-hmm. like not like night of so, yeah, that's something. And, and I think the NBA and the NBA players continuing to demonstrate support will also help. Um, the second game that the Mercury and Suns did back-to-back, players on the opposing team, which was the, the Portland Trailblazers, also stayed and watched. Damian Lillard was chilling courtside with Brittany <laughs> Griner in a very cute pink sweatsuit. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the more that we can, can sort of get, get visibility, yeah. the more that'll help. But it's, it's also just very frustrating that, yes, that businesses can't just see this and invest in it. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, so, so that was the Phoenix Aces thing. The other controversy that came out of this, and this is tied a little bit more to the Connecticut, the Chicago Sky versus the Connecticut Suns, which I want to talk about a little bit um was a controversy about flights so wnba does not have charter flights none of them uh because at some point the league ruled that because not all of the owners can afford to provide their team with private jets none of the owners can provide their teams with private jets which is fair in the sense of like if you're a team that does have a private jet and you get to fly straight there you're much better rested than a team that has to take you mm-hmm. know has to fly coach and take three different planes right. and you know mm-hmm. um but also it screws all the players you know yep. so the Connecticut and Chicago teams talked about having to do a turnaround between games where they had to split the team and fly on three different flights from Massachusetts and Connecticut to Chicago to try and get them all into first class so that you're not putting fucking six, six John Paul Jones in a center seat. Right. You know, like that is a real thing. And because they don't know the dates of these things, they can't buy in advance so and then right. you know it's like if weather comes up you're just fucked so that's yeah. a nightmare um and something that needs to change and joe tsai who is the owner of the brooklyn nets and the new york liberty and a few other teams as well i think one of your teams uh rebecca i don't remember which one what's his name uh, joe tsai t-s-a-i uh i believe um say maybe uh he was tweeting about this this needs to be solved he's very proactive apparently um and he is i guess talking to uh airlines basically saying we need a corporate sponsor this is yeah the airline needs to sponsor them exactly so so here's hoping that that can get solved because that's just ludicrous um so that that came up. Um, and again, it's another thing where I'm I'm hoping it can get talked about more. The Athletic did a nice article on it, um, if, if you're interested in that. 
Um, so Chicago Sky versus the Suns, this was sixth seed versus first seed, and it was not an incredibly exciting series. The Suns just did not deliver. Uh, um, Chicago no, that's Sky. Okay. We like yeah. Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Chicago Sky won in four. Um, John Quill Jones, like I said, was the MVP for the season. She's on the Connecticut Sun. Um, but the Sky just really had Connecticut's number. They let them win a game. Um, and otherwise, Chicago was just clearly the better team. They are fast, which seemed to really give give Connecticut problems. Um, Chicago Sky remind me of watching the Warriors. And if you've heard me talk about the Warriors in the last few years, one of the things that the Warriors especially were really known for a couple years ago, but are still known for, is getting out and moving very quickly and putting pressure in transition and making their shots then. They want to keep you running, and they want to get things done before you're even settled into position. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sky do the strategy. same thing. It's a good strategy, especially if you're playing against larger teams. Um, the Chicago like Sky... Teams who are physically bigger than you? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago Sky are not a small team, but they're smaller, um, and they can really benefit from just whipping around out there and getting their mm-hmm. shots and and keeping the pace up. They're also good at stealing, um, so if they can take the ball and get it back down to the other end and score with it before you've figured out what's going on, they <laughs> will do it. Um, so, so the Suns, you know, they played well, uh, but but not well enough. And it was pretty clear pretty early on that they were, they were going down. Outmatched. Yeah. Yeah. So the Chicago sky who are my current there, they've always been my WNBA backup team. The storm are my favorite, but the sky are my second favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really have been so enjoying watching them. They've been a delight to watch. Um, They got in the off season, Candace Parker, who is 35 years old. She is from Chicago. She has played most of her career for the Los Angeles Sparks. She is a a WNBA champion, a two-time MVP. She is amazing. And apparently when she hit free agency in the offseason, Chicago Sky did a real hard campaign to get her to come home. She kind of wanted to come home anyway. Apparently, it's very funny. Um, the Chicago Sky mailed her all of her favorite foods from Chicago oh. to try and convince her. <laughs> that like, would work on me. That's you could goal. have this every day. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, so she came back. Take note for Rachel. <laughs> she will be a sponsor for you. It's if true. I'll pay her in Slurpees. Absolutely. <laughs> I almost am now. That's true. <laughs> So Candace Parker came to Chicago and she has been the difference maker for them. So they've they've been a, a good team in the past couple of years, but just needed something more. Um, and that something more was was Candace Parker. She is I was trying to think of a good comparison. She's almost LeBron-esque, not in the sense of necessarily how she plays, but just in the sense of like whatever you need, she can do that. Mm-hmm. You know? So like LeBron James if he's on your team, there are things he does better than other things. But what's really going to happen is if you need him to put him put your team on his back and just go, he that's what that. he'll do. Candace Parker's the same way. Um, so she can she can shoot, she can defend, she can get her own shot, she can help get assists. And she's also a really grounding presence. She's a very mature player. She's a very smart player. She's a veteran player. And so she has really 
been able to come and just provide that sort of direction and solidity mm-hmm. for the team. There was a great moment. Um, the I don't remember which. I think it was game four against the Connecticut Sun uh, was at home in Chicago and, and they won. Uh, and Scotty Pippen was in the audience. Oh, my gosh. And she said, you know, they asked her about it. And she it's said, you know, I haven't it, heard in a long time. Right. So she, they asked her about it and she said, you know, it, it's ridiculous. Like I grew up watching him as a little kid in Chicago, watching him play with the Chicago <laughs> Bulls. And now he is here watching me play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it's a real good moment. Um, so also on the Chicago Sky team are everybody's favorite married lesbians, the Vanderquigs, uh, Courtney Vandersloot and uh, Allie Quigley. Mm-hmm. So Courtney Vandersloot is fucking amazing. She is a tiny little firecracker who runs around doing... And by tiny, you mean like six one. I mean, she's shorter than me. Which, oh, by really? WNBA, yeah, I think she's 5'8". So she's actually legitimately small <laughs> by basketball wow. standards. She's like uh, average for human, but small for basketball. No, she's above average for human. Average for women in America is 5'5". Five five. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, no. Uh, but she scored the only the second ever triple-double in the WNBA playoffs. Uh, she has also been playing insanely good defense. And so she's she's what we would call a floor general. So she plays the same role that Steph Curry does, which is you go out and you figure out what's going on and you distribute mm-hmm. the ball. And mm-hmm. the thing that she's really tremendous at is knowing when to they say call call your own number which means knowing when nobody else is going to be able to get open nobody else is going to do it you need to just do it just go take the shot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um she's terrific at that she just has an incredible sense of either this person is ready to do the thing and i need to get the ball to them or i need to just do this and make it happen so the do you have the term basketball iq yep basketball Absolutely. That's what that is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 She she has incredible basketball. I IQ. I, I always struggle knowing whether we have the mm-hmm. same terms in all of yeah. our sports because we yeah, have no, hockey right. IQ. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's a thing in baseball. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> no I think the, I think they're all just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just don't hear the term. They t- talk about some people who are smart players right. and others. Well, who aren't, it wouldn't but... apply as much because part of the thing in basketball and hockey is that it's very fast paced and very strategic yes. and like right, right. baseball isn't it doesn't have that same sort of like thinking on your feet like it's right. much more planned I mean, it does in, in some advance. sense but has... in terms of like quick defensive plays in the infield right. with changing pieces but uh, yeah I, I understand what you're saying yeah 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 um the other half of the Vanderquigs is Allie Quigley who's a great three-point shooter she's also been playing really good defense um so that's been terrific uh Azure Stevens has been a really big help off the bench. She's been really good. And the highlight reel of the Chicago team is uh, KFC, Kalia fucking Copper. Who, <laughs> there are t-shirts, and I'm going to get one, that say KFC, she's getting buckets. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, she is terrific. And she is so good at finishing at the rim. She's also rather small. And she just gets in there and gives them hell. It's incredible. Um, so she's she's apparently from Philadelphia. And she says of herself that she will be 
your best friend off the court. She will do everything to take care of you, to be your friend. If you want cake, she'll bring you cake. If you need a shoulder to cry on, she'll give you that shoulder on the court. She is your worst nightmare. Right. <laughs> she says, when I'm on the court, I'm North Philly Ka. <laughs> like, oh. So oh that must God. mean something to you, Rebecca. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So, so she's your player, Rebecca, Kalia okay. fucking copper. Got she it. is incredible. And, okay. and you need to watch uh, the Chicago versus Phoenix I'm series. It, to, I'm putting it on my calendar to really see her in action. Um, so that's been incredible. And one of the best parts um, about watching the Chicago Phoenix games is how Chicago has the city has responded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, the first two games were in Phoenix and games three and four are in Chicago and they have done, uh, they were putting Chicago sky jerseys on the lion statues outside the art museum. They've hung banners throughout the city. I love that. Chance the rapper has shown up at every Sky home game. And oh, my oh yeah, God. I saw something. About yeah, that. he apparently isn't he gonna get a he's tattoo gonna get a Chicago a, a okay. Chicago Sky tattoo because they they won Game Three and he po- oh. posted on Twitter he was gonna get a tattoo <laughs> if they did. So, uh, yeah, uh, but they've I mean, players from the Chicago Bears have turned up from the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Scotty Pippen it. was there. They've sold out. Like the city is ready to just really welcome Candace Parker home and really see the sky win their first championship because they so, have never won before. So Nancy, what I'm hearing from you mm-hmm. is that there's a market for women's sports. <laughs> In fact, there is. Amazing. Yep. This is yep. shocking news. Does seem am, to be. I am shocked by this. Yeah. Yeah. So they've played three games. The first game, Chicago won easily. Phoenix was very clearly tired. They had had to, I think they only had 48 hours between game five against the Aces, which was a really hard game, and game one against the Sky. Diana mm-hmm. Taurasi's wife had a baby, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like she was tired. <laughs> You know, had some other stuff going on, had some other stuff going on game two, uh, the Mercury won. Uh, it went to overtime uh, just so they just barely won. Uh, and the main reason for that was that the sky had too many turnovers. There was also an interesting controversy in which Diana Taurasi uh, intentionally touched and in this case pushed an official which according to the WNBA Whoa. handbook means you are supposed to be fined and suspended for the next game automatically. It does not matter what the touch was. In oh, wow. this case, Sophie Cunningham had, had fallen and Diana Taurasi would push the official out of the way to check on her, which, you know, it wasn't like she was angry and shoved right. the ref. Right. But, but the handbook's very clear. You touch the ref intentionally, you're suspended. The end. She was not suspended. She was fined $2,500, but she played in game three. So that was that was questionable. And I think if she, if the Mercury had won game three, that would have been a much bigger deal. But in mm-hmm. fact, they lost, and they lost historically. Um, <gasps> they lost 50 to 86, which is the widest point spread in WNBA playoff history. Wow. And also their lowest scoring game of the season. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Not a great time oh. for it. Nope. Nope. Uh, oh. Diana Taurasi in the, in the postgame uh, press conferences was like, 50. We scored 50. 
<laughs> we'll do better than that next game. You take that to Vegas. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why I say game four, I expect the the Mercury to come out. Sure. You know, they, they, they've they just been embar- embarrassed. It's their season on the line. Yep. I, I think they're going to come out and give a real effort. Yeah. I kind of think Chicago is going to beat them anyway, because I think Chicago has been playing so well. They're playing at home in front of a sellout crowd. They're mm-hmm. this close. They mm-hmm. want it real bad. So I think Chicago will pull it out anyway, but I think it's going to be a much closer game. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So that's my report on the WNBA. <laughs> I, I told you I was going to talk for a while. It's been so much fun. It's really like the games have been so good. The players have been so entertaining to watch. Yeah. The narratives a bit like it's just been really solid. So that's awesome. Yeah. No, I love it. I'm I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you're watching and representing us as watching it. I'm like. I'm glad you're enthusiastic about it. I've seen a lot of people who are mm-hmm. like real jazzed, real mm-hmm. excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I-, I will watch the game tomorrow, so I'll join yeah. you in that. Absolutely should. Yeah. yeah, and I've been I've been tweeting all of the best memes from the Twitter mm-hmm. account. So <laughs> I'll have to go back and look at our own Twitter feed. <laughs> you should. You should really just scroll through it for like the last week or two because there's okay. some really good stuff. Okay. And every once in a while, there's a little hockey blip in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's the occasional baseball tweet. So it's mostly basketball, basketball, basketball. Oh, baseball thing. Basketball, basketball, basketball. Oh, hockey. (laughs) Basketball, basketball, basketball. Yeah. That's kind of where we are right now. You know, it's fair. One is more exciting than the others. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Especially right now. Yeah. 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 Playoffs. 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 Since since baseball is over, this is better. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you for that recap. I, I do appreciate it. My um, pleasure. Thank you for, for letting me wax on at length. Yes, absolutely. Anytime, Nancy. <laughs> um, but I think we're going to wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have anything from the hockey world that's worth talking about. We just started the season. Um, and it's the most confusing time of year because I've forgotten what happened in trades during the off season. Mm-hmm. So mostly I'm just like, <laughs> That guy plays on that team now? Anyway, <laughs> it's very yeah, disconcerting. I wish, I, sometimes I wish that they would have like a, you know, in baseball when they're they're going up to bat, you know, all the time, especially the first time they'll, uh, you have some stats for the, the player. Mm-hmm. And I wish they would say like the last three teams they played on. Cause, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be a good idea. I was like, oh, I know that guy from mm-hmm. somewhere. Somewhere. Right. I know I've yeah. seen him before. Yeah. Well, for those of you listening, th- oh, Nancy. I remembered one thing I want to say. Yes. So Candace Parker is one of the only WNBA players to have her own shoe deal. So Ooh. if anybody wants WNBA branded shoes. player shoes, cool. Candace Parker is signed with Adidas. She has a whole collection, shorts, shirts, shoes. Cool. Get your merch. Cool. Love it. They have shoes. Will they make me play basketball well? Yes, definitely. That is absolutely <laughs> how that works. Um, they have black with gold sparkles or Ooh. white, yeah, which are white. Nice. And then they have, Rebecca, listen to me. They have orange ones. Oh, they're very orange. They're very orange. Are it's exciting. Orange sneakers? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, they're real good. I accidentally wore, I mean, I chose to wear orange tights today. They accidentally match my car. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, you could get some orange Candace Parker shoes to go okay. with it. 
Okay. I really want orange sweatpants, so I might have to go take a look at these. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Uh, But on that note, (laughs) we are going to wrap it up. Um, Please follow us on all of the things. We're on Instagram at Podcast and Twitter at FoulPuckPod. Um, You can always email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com, of course. Rachel, you want to do our thank yous? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I didn't have the visual there and it was kind of throwing me off. I understand. All right. I would like to thank uh, Joe for doing our editing, especially this episode, because I have made life hard for her. (laughs) And uh, Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to encourage everybody to rate and review uh, we have been doing this now for actually more than 49 episodes because we did our whole Olympics deal. But this is our 49th episode. Our next one is going to be 50, which is very exciting, Woo-hoo. actually, uh, and deserving of some publicity. So tell your friends, tell your strangers, tell the guy in the grocery store, uh, whomever you like, really. Uh, Foul Puck Pod. They should go check it out. Uh, we're heading into more sports seasons, and we're going to start working on our Winter Olympic stuff sometime soon. So that'll be cool, too. Mm-hmm. Rate and review cool. on yeah. the podcast listening app of your choice. Yes. And if if our podcast isn't on the podcast listening app of your choice, well, I guess you aren't listening to this. But if you are somehow <laughs> listening to this from someone else's podcast listening app, let us know. We're, mm-hmm. I, we don't know all the platforms. We're happy to branch out. Yep. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Foul Puck. Thanks. Thanks.